The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the 750. I am your O, RJ Ochoa. He is your 75 two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer. And just like the rest of us, super annoyed, super upset, super pissed off. The one and only Tony Casillas, TC, what up? Nobody had no. three sacks. Nobody did it. Yeah, you know, the sun comes up and hopefully I can, you know, I can drink my coffee. So I think people just need to relax. It's definitely one of the most disappointing ends of the cowboy season i can remember in a long time you know um it's been so we're recording this tuesday morning a little bit earlier than usual uh, shout out to tony for being an mvp um thank you bear uh for adjusting to my schedule are you are you pissed off or just sad uh i think of initially uh and just being in that building and watching the game and just kind of seeing exactly what San Francisco needed to do to beat Dallas and what Dallas needed to do to beat San Francisco. You know, Dallas didn't do it. They started off very flat. Um, first uh, drives on both parts on the San Francisco 49ers. And it just seemed to you know, the transparency of what this team was in the last, uh, I would say four to five weeks of the season uh, reared its ugly head. And, you know, I think that was more deflated than anything is that they, just underachieved so much. And, and again, I think that we kind of were in denial because we did see this and we thought maybe they would play up against a very good football team. And, uh, and, and I think there were so many 49er fans in that building and just really didn't give the Cowboys fans a chance to get into it. Uh, and you know, sometimes that's not their whole responsibility, but they played exactly the way we thought that, well, the worst nightmare, I would say. And I think for me, that is so riveting when it comes to a team because you hear the noise around you, you build your identity, and to come out there and then have that type of lackluster performance. As I mentioned, RJ, I've watched a lot of football since I've been out, and certainly the Cowboys, and the expectations are every year. Uh, this team always falls short of what they Jerry builds his brand, and it was just one of those just uh, – is amazing, amazing um, underachievement in my eye. So um, you've seen the movie The Replacements, right? With uh, oh, yeah, with Keanu, uh, Keanu Reeves, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's and a Gene there's Hackman, a, yeah. right? Right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, 
th- there's a scene where the, the the team in the movie is they're having a conversation. Gene Hackman, he says, you know, what's what's the worst thing that can happen to you out on the field, whatever? Like, what are you most scared of on the field? And uh, one of the offensive guards is joking around. He says bees. And they're all like, oh, yeah, bees are terrifying. And then Keanu Neal, uh, Shane Falco, he says quicksand. And and one guy's like, oh, hell yeah, quicksand's a scary mother. And like, I always remember that. But uh, but then he starts like, no, he's like quicksand, like, you know, during the game. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. one thing goes wrong and then another and then another. And you just you kind of just start to sink into it like quicksand. And you mentioned the first drive. It kind of felt like that, like that first drive. San Francisco is just moving, moving first down, first down. It kind of felt like, oh, crap, like this. It like it, it kind of I mean, obviously, we you know, we know they lost, but it kind of felt like in that moment like this, they, they might be, you know, they, they might be frauds. Um, and you mentioned like they played who they, you know, up to who they were. You said the last four or five weeks. I think we could go, you know, the, the last time they were elite was the game winning touchdown in New England. That was the last moment that they were truly elite. They went on by, they came out, they went to Minnesota, they went with Cooper Rush. And then it was just, you know, it was lose or survive, lose or survive or beat a bad team. And I, I've, I've used that F word a lot um, on some other podcasts throughout the season, talking about different teams, frauds. I saw you reply to a, a tweet I had on Monday night. Um, obviously, we're recording Tuesday morning. The Arizona Cardinals lost on Monday night in the wild card round, the super wild card round, Tony, uh, to the Los Angeles Rams. The Cardinals lost four of their last five games to get into the playoffs and then lost their wild card game against their division rival. Their only win in that stretch was against the Cowboys. I 100% believe that the Cardinals are frauds. But I mean, if if you're if you're just being fair, that I mean, the Cowboys are bigger frauds. Like that's who they are. Like you said, they they played up to who they were. That's a heavy word. I get it. But like they they completely played like frauds on Sunday against San Francisco. I think it was a, I would say fake. As I, I kind of like. To use the word, but uh, you know, the, the Arizona Cardinals again, they were just uh, you know, they were playing on a thread, and we and we just thought that that just thread just came unraveled when they played the Rams. I mean, hit them in the mouth, and we kind of saw that unravel. And I mm-hmm. think we saw that with the with the Cowboys, and I and, and I think it's easy to get all caught up in, in the 49ers, you know, not being a, a top seed team and Dallas the three seed, but you look at the record of, of teams that were had winning records, I believe, but they were six and six. Well, they were six and zero versus the NFC East and against everyone else, they were six and six. So what does that say about the difficulty of the schedule? But look, I, I think that as a player, I just know this, that when you're in a big game like that and that happens, those chain of events happen. Mm-hmm. Offense takes the ball down and stuffs it down your throat and scores a touchdown. And then the offense comes out and can't do anything. They had yeah. seven yards at one point, and it's like, I mean, the statistics are ridiculous. I mean, this is a team that was the number one offense in the NFL, and now you look at the second half of the season, it was so far away removed from what they did. It's, it's This is this team, and, and, you know, to me, that's the the hardest thing for me is, like, the penalties and just continuous oh. of just really just breaking down and not focusing on things, and – to me, that is Achilles heel, RJ, because I know as a team, you have to be locked in. You got to be focused. You got to figure out a way. Someone's got to ignite your ass and like, okay, we're not going to do this. This is, we're going to stop this bull, this noise right now and move forward. Never did anything like that. You know, 
I, I'm not like advocating for penalties, but like um, like the Thanksgiving loss against the Raiders, you know, you got a billion pass interference penalties like again, not not a good thing, but I can understand those a little bit more. Right. Hey, you know, you're 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 running, you're fighting, you're, you're playing, you know, sometimes P.I. happens. So that's just the nature of, of the game. But the pre snap penalties like you cannot false mm. like at one point, the Cowboys had back to back false starts at home in a playoff game, Randy Gregory, you can't cross the neutral zone. Like you, you, you can't do that. I mean, these are, these are the penalties that are just so silly. You mentioned the offense not showing up and that's where, I mean, this is going to be a long off season. And that's where I think maybe we've been the most shaken is, is that the thing we thought we could trust the most, it, you know, really, really didn't show up. And, and then, I mean, I'm very curious. This was, I was, I was really excited to record this with you today. I'm very curious for your perspective as somebody who's who's lived the life. Um, these guys come out and they just completely and totally, you know, fail. Right. You know, let's, let's just be straight up about it. They fail. And then they come out afterwards and I get it. Emotions are high. They're upset. Their season's over, whatever. And all they do is point fingers. The officials, you know, the officials, refereeing, whatever penalties. No, dude, you had all the chances in the world and you blew it. I think it's really, 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 really weak of the team to come out. And I put that that blame on Mike McCarthy. I put it on Dak Prescott. I hate to put it on Dak Prescott, but I do. They're the ones coming out. And then Dak even like, you know, you know, giving fans kudos for throwing beer bottles at officials like that was such a low moment for all of them. And officiating, without a doubt, has been inconsistent, but you cannot blame it on their faults on the officiating. There were so many things in that game that you can put the blame on coaching, players, mismanagement of the clock. And just the list goes on and on. And as much as I wanted to be a fan in that game, and I was I was into it because, you know, look, it's playoffs. You're there for a reason. I never felt like the score was indicative of how bad San Francisco beat the, the, the Cowboys. I right. never thought, I never got this feeling that they were going to take the ball down and score. Even if they would have, even if they would have had one second left, I never got that feeling. And look, I'm not going to, I'm not, this is very, this is very true. As a player, you get that feeling like, you know what? There's a certain, we're not going to be able to do it. They did it the whole game. San Francisco, all of a sudden, they said, okay, we're going to let you – we're, we're going to keep everything. We'll let you get to 10, 15 yards. We're not going to let you score. And I think that's the way the whole feeling was in that game. And, and you know, as a player, you just got to come out and say, they beat our ass. And and, and that's what happened. I mean, offense, defensively, you know, when Nick Bolsa went out, RJ, I thought, oh, okay, well, hey, maybe they can get a break. No. And, and look, the, the offensive line was just it, – it was, it was trash. And – and, and, and look, I think those guys, they watch that, that tape and it's like, I, I wouldn't even want to watch it, but they just got wore out. I mean, I, that's the kind of game that was, and it never was close. The running game, uh, no running game at all. Um, no, no, not even trying to get the ball to even try to feature any your playmakers. You know, C.D. Lamb, I thought you should try to get the ball to him more like Debo Samuel, maybe to Tony Pollard. None, none of that. It was just very pedestrian. Okay, we're gonna try this and that, and this never, never worked. It just never got this feeling that this team was in the game. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge—that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You mentioned Nick Bosa um, obviously left the game, and, and we talk about chances. I tweeted this out on Monday. The Cowboys got the ball at their own 16-yard line with two minutes and 42 seconds left. They had all three timeouts. And granted, six, their own 16-yard line, but, you know, hey, 84 yards, that's, you know, this is supposed to be the best offense in the NFL. They had all three timeouts. San Francisco was down Nick Bosa and down Fred Warner. So you're, you're down there, two best mm-hmm. defenders, and you can't move the ball at all. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And, and, like, I don't want to disparage any Cowboys player, but you're right. Why is CeeDee Lamb not more involved? Why is Tony Pollard not more involved? I, uh, I love Dalton Schultz and Cedric Wilson, but, like, you cannot that, – that cannot be what you, you know, you go out swinging with in, in a playoff game. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's 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 very, very frustrating that they did it again, you know, and and all season long. We I don't know if we lied to ourselves, if they tricked us, if they fooled us, if they hoodwinked us or whatever. But I mean, they they were becoming this team, obviously. And, and you know, we all were kind of aware of that. And, and San Francisco was, you know, peaking and, and not a great matchup for them and took advantage of them. But you're right. Like it was not it it, it, it was so it was actually kind of sad to watch them, you know, in that last drive. And then the QB draw, dude. I mean, I I want to be very clear. And I've said this already a bunch of places. I have defended Mike McCarthy a lot this season. I, you know, was buying a lot of what he was selling. I'm 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 out. Like I I cannot support the QB draw at the very end. I think you you've got to know in the lack of preparation, the lack of understanding. And I put that blame on Dak, too. You got to know to hand the ball to the official. I mean, there's a lot of players in the NFL who know that rule. I mean, if you're if you're the franchise guy, if you're being paid all this money, you have to know that rule. And if you don't know that rule, then when your coach or your offensive coordinator calls that play, they got to tell you, hey, you know, when when after you pick up X yards, get down, give the ball to the official, just a total collapse, total failure from everybody involved. Um, your thoughts on, on Mike McCarthy and, and the, the blame he deserves for all this, I guess. Well, how about the fake punt that they oh, executed dude. Oh. and they, they, they try to play cat and mouse with San Francisco <sighs> and they end up getting the, they, they back them up to first and 15. And this is a team that hadn't done anything offensively. And, and just, they wasted time that they absolutely. would later These on. These crucial yards that they have to have. They cannot afford to back them up. That was crazy. And, and, and that, play that draw play I was I mean there's a couple plays in the game and they they ran draws I'm like what did you just run that play but but that play right there it's not a play that you just that's you're just that's your first time doing it you practice these situations two minute situations into the game situations and as much as I I want to agree with you Mike McCarthy your quarterback's got to be aware look we're going to run this quarterback draw we know how much time we have on the clock 
I got to get the, get the ball, get the play ran, and try to move it in, and maybe not, maybe not get. Uh, what did he get on that play? It was fifteen. I don't know how many yards. Maybe instead of going to the the was it twenty the thirty? Maybe I don't know where down and distance where it was on the field. My point is, is that yeah, maybe just try to uh, not get ten yards, get maybe six, and then that way spot it. And to me, that was just you can look at the point of the officials. Oh, by the way, that official, didn't he run like 50 yards to spot the ball? I mean, it was kind of crazy. But anyways, that's here and there. It's not the official's fault. No, and, and everybody exactly wanted the, to blame the greed. Yeah, you, you know the, the situation. You know what you got to do, and they didn't execute it. No, I mean, a lot of people uh, wanted to blame the official for being tired of hearing that, too. Oh, people on social media. I mean, come on. It's sad because a lot. So a lot of people were saying because these officials, they're they're elder gentlemen. You know what I mean? They're you know, they got some 401ks. You know what I mean? These are guys, you know, they're they've they've been around the sun a couple of times. Um, And so a lot of people saying, well, how come the, the NFL has this 60 year old man having to run down? It's like, okay, fine, whatever. I mean, this is an argument for a different day. But you know what? That 60-year-old man calls every game. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, you know that that's the case. And so Dak Prescott comes out. And I'm with you. Like, Dak deserves all the criticism in the world for this. You know, Dak, those 49 fans, they were clapping for that 60-year-old man. So. Uh, well, but but Dak comes out and says, you know, well, well, we we practiced this. We, tra- we trained for this moment. It's like, you, you, you clearly did not because you you would know if you did like if you were really, really planning and preparing for the moment, you would have allotted for that. Like, is it is it weird that you have to allot for a 60 year old referee to run down and spot the ball? Yeah, that's weird. But those are the rules. Like, that's the way the game works. You have to know that that's the case. And, and to your point, you somebody has to say and preferably this person would be Dak Prescott. But that's why I do put some fault on Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy for also not, you know, instituting this knowledge. Somebody has to have a conversation when that QB draw is called and say, Dak, there are 14 seconds left. We don't have a single clock stoppage. Here is the situation. Like you just said, Tony, whatever you do, you, you've got six, seven seconds. That's it. you got to run for six, seven seconds, and then you got to get down. But, I mean, the moment, you know, Dak Prescott runs for eight or nine seconds, that's ruined. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's no room for error in that sequence, it has to be executed flawlessly, which is why the call was dumb. A lot of people are still sitting here. Well, the call was, was great. You know, they just didn't execute it properly. No, like if you have to thread this needle with the season on the line, it's a dumb call. Just throw. I mean, I'm not saying hail Marys are, are high probability, but throw some, throw two hail Marys, give yourself a chance. Maybe you pick up a PI penalty. I mean, I would have much rather gone down that way than with the whimper that they ultimately did. I just thought the lack of the preparation awareness on his part. And, you know, now we're, you know, since we're talking about Dak Prescott, I don't know what happened to him. I don't know what the, I understand he was under a lot of duress. I mean, they were coming after him all came long, but look, good quarterbacks, really elite quarterbacks. I think we all agree. He's not in that category yet. And he's a top 15 quarter, but we defend him a lot, but, they just didn't get enough play it. And, and look, that's, you got to show the blame. And, and there was times when you just got to will your team. You yep. got to make the plays. And, and, but I mean, it goes both ways because they get a positive play and negate it with a holding penalty, offsides, whatever the case may be. And they could not, those are, you know, those are yards that are so crucial. They were hard to come by the whole game long. 
And he just kept shooting himself in the foot every time. And I'm thinking, get your ass in the huddle. Talk about this focus. Hell, call a timeout. You're going to the sideline. Someone needs to do, do some ass chewing. And it just seemed to me that – and, look, I'm a Tyron Smith fan, but I, I don't uh, – he, he struggled immensely in that game. And so did the interior part. And no one played game no, – no one played well on that offensive side. And, and you know, defense gave him a chance to win. Uh, but there were times in the game, and Neville got Gallimore, that the, the penalty with the, the hands to the face was crucial. But bad, th- bad teams that aren't very good, that aren't training at that time, or doing good things. Those things happen. It just uh, it was just a it was just a debacle all game long. Um, my last Dak point is this is going to be a really frustrating offseason because I love Dak and I have defended Dak a lot and you know we've had discussions about Dak I mean I defended him on Twitter other podcasts whatever it's it's a difficult offseason to defend Dak not yeah. just because of what happened against Frisco but because of the second half of the season I mean he was he was bad and you know do do I still believe that there's an elite quarterback in there sure totally but I mean right now you're you're kind of you're, you're no longer making that argument off of data you're making it partially off of hope which is is hard to prove um and at the very end of the day, like whether not you, Tony, but you generally, whether you have believed that Dak is a lead or not, the one thing that everyone has always agreed on, again, whether they support Dak or not, is that he's a great leader. That's been all we've ever heard. He's a great leader. He, you know, the guys rally around him, whatever. And that's why it was I hated that anybody blamed the officials. It really irked me that Dak was the one because Dak, that you got to be different. Like you're, and I, like people are people saying, well, he's human. He has emotions. Totally, totally agree. But he's the quarterback. He's, he's supposed to be the leader. And, and that's where, that's why I'm really concerned about Mike McCarthy. That's why I'm so out. There was a great point um, that Bobby Belt of uh, the fan brought up on 105.3 on Monday that Dak has always kind of been the company guy. Like he's always kind of, you know, produced the message of the company. Like he was kind of, you know, he spoke like Jason Garrett when Jason Garrett was the head coach. Now he speaks like Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's the one who's blaming officials. After the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals, Mike McCarthy came out and said, yeah, well, we were up against more than the Cardinals today, you know, talking about the referees. And that's where I'm really worried because Mike McCarthy's culture seems to be a group of complainers and whiners and finger pointers. And that's not going to get anything done, no matter who you're playing against. I think the, the frustration just came out that instead of blaming things on his players on which I, the, the company line, he just kind of goes there. And, and I, I don't know why a player will not come out publicly and, and, and basically say, we, it was us. It wasn't the officials. And you can't blame your deficiencies in your play all the time. I mean, there's a reason why this team was the most penalized offense in the National Football League, and they continue to do that. It's all about it's about breaking down. It's all about mental breakdowns and technique breakdowns and getting beat and not putting yourself you're putting yourself in a position to make a football play or technique and blocking and everything. The fundamentals is not being locked in and there's just overmatched at different places and positions. And, you know, look, Dak is, uh, I, I don't want to say he's a company guy. I think that when I think of company guys, I think of Tony Romo. And I think that he, he, right now you want him to just kind of separate himself of that type of, you know, Tony Romo did some nice things. I'm not, not saying, I know he's your favorite all time <laughs> cowboy. So I don't want to get you all upset this early morning, but 
he's got some he's got some things to look at. I, I don't know. Uh, it's a team that needs to run the damn ball. And I really think you can't make uh, Dak right now a passer only. You got to get him help. He's got they got to figure out what they need to do offensively. And you know, to me, in that, and the Kellen, to your point about Kellen Moore, they shouldn't do that enough. They did not try to loosen their defense up whatsoever, dude. So on that point, um, so Zeke comes out as soon as the game is over and says that he played the season part of the season with a yeah. with a partially torn PCI. Oh, yeah. Right now. There's one Why part are you of saying it, that now? <laughs> so actually, I'm glad you said that because so there are two elements to this and everybody talked about the second. But the first one that, that kind of went over people's heads is all season long over the second half of the season when when Zeke was hurt and we knew Zeke was hurt to be very clear. This isn't like a complete surprise. What what was Zeke's line when whenever he met with the media? It's fine. I'm good. Yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm totally good. You know, whatever. I got the, the brace on. I'm totally good. Literally the first time he meets with the media, as soon as the season ends, well, I had a partially torn PCL. Dude, what are you doing? Like, you know, like you it's this, just like giving your excuse for not, not, yeah, not that's, being 100%. That's, that's exactly what this looks like. And, 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 and look, I'm not trying, but the thing about it is a player, if you're out on the damn field, hey, you're good to go. And you cannot, and, and look, I, I think he's a tough dude. I mean, he, he's a great blocking running back. I think right now he's better at that than he is at running. I'll give him props for that. But to come oh. out and the first thing you did excuse is like, okay, you guys didn't know this, but I played with a torn PCL, right? I, I just, I want to be very clear. Zeke is, like you said, he's very strong. He's incredible. I, I could not play on a partially torn PCL. I'm not saying that. And is it a little bit unfair that Zeke's getting criticized for this? Yeah, but that's the nature of this business. And so to come out, like you're saying, very first thing and say, well, I play with a partially torn PCL. It, you know, Ben Roethlisberger just played his last game, what we think, in the NFL. And that's been Ben's MO his whole career. Ben has loved to tell people, well, I'm hurt. I'm dealing with this. Like, he's, he's loved to try and garner sympathy that way. And that's exactly what the Zeke comment reminded me of. I mean, like, and, and again, like Zeke, respect. I mean, you're a warrior. You can play through that. Like, that is impressive. But at what cost? I mean, at, at, you know, you can make an argument, Tony, that another Tony is is a better running back than Zeke at 100 percent. Right. Like, oh, yeah. he, like he, that. that's what. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I mean, everybody has said that everybody except for the Dallas Cowboys is willing to at least acknowledge that Tony Pollard is sometimes better than Zeke Elliott, although he's actually better than him all the time as a runner, not as a pass blocker, to your point. And so, OK, if Tony Pollard is better than 100 percent Zeke, why is a less than 100 percent Zeke being prioritized in the offense? What's more, Tony, is even if fine, if you're the Cowboys, if you're Kellen Moore, you're McCarthy, you're Jerry, whoever, even if you somehow believe that Zeke is an elite runner still, I disagree with that. But even if you believe that, why did you give him the ball 18 times in Philadelphia last week in what was a meaningless game? I know they had to win. I know they had to improve their, 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 you know, seed positioning and everything. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, poo poo all of that, but that game did not mean an enormous amount for the Cowboys. And they obviously knew that Zeke was ailing and they gave him 18 carries, the, the level of incompetence there. And yeah, we haven't heard that from Zeke all, all season long about to having a, you know, torn in ligament in his knee. And I think that was just the facade. We talked about that last week. Again, we, we wanted to drink the cowboy Kool-Aid and think that, man, look what they did against the, the Eagles. And it looked to me that, you know, Zeke was fine. And he didn't, he just, 
everyone plays with injuries. Look, I mean, I played with injuries my whole, my whole, the whole season. I mean, that's what happens in a national football league. But, um, you know, when you search for reasons why you're not doing this and that, uh, it, it was just inability for him to run. It's inability for the offensive line to block. You know, there's nothing there. So it's a combination. I'd rather just come out and say that instead of the first thing you say is officials and, and we're playing with injury. And like I said, everyone's injured. I mean, J.J. Watt last night played in a game and he'll had his whole shoulder rebuilt and he's out there playing. And uh, but, you know, to the point of, of where they're at and where this team is and and you, and you go back and you look at the 17 games and one and done, um, you know, there's going to be some decision making offseason. Do I think you know, my next my next question is. You know, a lot of people are like asking him, well, Mike McCarthy, will he be back next year? And, and are they going to make a change? No, they're not going to make a change. And if they did make a change, the guy that they should go with is not the offensive coordinator, Stan Quinn, if they were going to go that route. But um, look, I think it's just a situation where I think everyone is upset. Uh, but you kind of saw it coming. You just didn't see it. You didn't want to believe that it would be one and done in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and I, I mean, it's strange that they were the only home team to lose in the wild card round. Like they, they just kind of did it in the most annoying way possible. You know what I mean? Which is why people I just like everybody talking about the scenario of them playing well, the Eagles, they're going to lose. So uh, Dallas is going to play the Tampa Bay. I'm like, dude, you need to worry about this damn game. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, so um, after the Cowboys lost in, in week one, uh, there was a, a, a soundbite from Dak Prescott that was picked up where he told Tom Brady, yeah. we'll, we'll see you again. <laughs> and obviously, had the Cowboys won, they would they would be going to Tampa this week. And everybody was saying, oh, you know, wow, this is about to happen, whatever. I don't know if you remember this, Tony, um, but in 2015, when an, a different Tony, not Tony Pollard, uh, you mentioned him earlier, when Tony Romo was hurt, uh, the Cowboys lost at home to the, the New England Patriots. And Romo, uh, after the game, and he's just kind of sweats because, again, he was hurt at the time. Um, he walked up to Tom Brady at midfield and said, we'll see you in February. And, you know, obviously, you know, kind of joked about how they would meet them in the Super Bowl. Hey, Cowboys, stop doing that. Like, <laughs> you look really stupid. You know what it's I mean? Like, like, Tom, where, where, are we gonna, where am I going to see you? Am I going to see you on a cruise or am I going to see you in Cabo? I mean, and we're that's going to see you in, in, in Paris. That, that's we'll the thing, on man. A football field. Like, I know that I'm still <laughs> riding some emotions from all this, but I just I don't want to hear any of that for a, a long time. I mean, a really long. I don't want to hear. And I don't mean you, but like, I don't want to hear the Cowboys come out. I don't want to hear them at, at Oxnard in the summer or, you know, Jerry on the radio in September and, and and getting hyped and talking about the Super Bowl. Like, shut the hell up. Like, y'all oh, come on. You know, Jerry, that's never going to happen. OK, maybe not Jerry. I mean, obviously, <laughs> that's that's a little impractical. But you know what I mean? Like all all you have done is fail and collapse. And so, like, none of your players should be walking up to Tom Brady and saying, hey, we'll you know, we'll see you whenever. Do you realize, Tony, that I mean, I know, you know, but Tom Brady is the goat. He's, he's the greatest player of all time. His entire football resume, like people love to say, well, Tom Brady's been playing forever. Tom Brady's entire football resume has happened after the Cowboys last won the Super Bowl. That's crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he has been doing this forever and ever and ever and ever. And never in this stretch of time have the Cowboys even made a title game. And so, that's like, sad. that's what I'm saying. Like, like, Dak, you look silly, you know, like, like and. 
Yeah, people will say, well, he said it week one and he was confident in himself. Good, but, you know, like quit writing checks that you can't cash. And that's that's what this team is. I feel bad for the fans. I really, I, I think that there's been such a, and I said this, I, I don't know what I was doing. I was talking to someone about uh, Jerry and and uh, I think it was Mike Ducey. I did a, something with him and, and, I, and I said, I said, uh, I said, it's hard for this team to live up to what Jerry is, is branding the marketing, everything that he's putting out there. And everyone falls, you know, falls into that. It gets, uh, it's very hypnotic. And that's what they do great. But it just seems to me that when it comes to crashing in, when everybody's excited, they're spending money, they're buying, you know, thinking about the postseason playoffs, and this happens, it's like a freaking knife. And and, and look, I think it's, it's just a game. But I think that that's what fans do. They kind of on Monday, it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to go to work. Or it, it's just I'm having a bad day because that's their emotional. That's their fans. And I get that. But that's the frustrating part is that there is so much hype. There's so much expectation. And it's not the thing that really, I think, threw a lot of uh, gasoline on this fire when it comes to uh, expectation of Cowboys is the national media this year. Everyone in the national media believed they didn't think that the Cowboys were a fraud. They didn't think it was the fake Cowboys. They really bought into it because they, they and like to be very clear, they were not fraudulent early on, like early exactly. on. But because they won, they they won it like, and that's the thing because people say, well, <laughs> you know, you said this. He's like, like things change. Like early on in the season, they did things that they had never done before. Like they they were they were exercising demons. And then obviously all the demons came home to roost. Then it just went freaking straight downhill. I'm thinking what the happened? Like- um, you, you said you feel bad for the fans. There was a tweet I saw on Monday um, from Chris. Vern- uh, <laughs> no, Well, yeah, but this, this tweet was from Chris Vernon, uh, who does a great job for Spotify and right. the ringer, but he, yeah. he tweeted, don't you ever call a Cowboys fan, a bandwagon fan, as long as you live. Nobody would ever choose this torture for over 20 years. Nobody. But you're right. Like, like that's like, it, it, it's that's just great tweet. It, it's it's just I mean, and I, I and that's why I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of sorting all of my thoughts um, because. Hey, but by the way, no one can see this, but is that that Mike McCarthy when they oh, yeah. build that? Uh, was yeah, that this, was that for this is the um the what's the the crystal cat? Yeah, well, it's it's all of them. It's 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 like oh, it's awareness all, for yeah. all cancer. That's why it's got all the different colors. The it's one people nice, it's a nice hoodie. It looks like I know you, people you said look, people you, said you, it looked like a fill it out fill it out quite as much as uh, McCarthy though. Man, I'm so out on him. Like I I really I cannot support you coming out and blaming officials like this. And I cannot support that. That's the kind of cold. And that's the thing, dude, like they did that at every turn this season. They never, ever, ever owned up to a loss ever. They, they after week one, when they lost the bucks, I mean, it was week one and we were all sitting here like, well, they went toe to toe with the bucks. And we, we kind of like gave them compliments. And then when they lost to the Broncos, they all like the only accountability they had was like, well, we were buying ourselves. You know, they didn't give the Broncos any credit. They just said, well, we, we were kind of, you know, s- smelling ourselves a little bit too much. Then they they blamed the refs after losing to the Raiders. They blamed everything else after losing to Kansas City. They blamed the refs after losing to the Cardinals. I cannot endorse a head coach who has created a culture of finger pointing. There's no accountability. You, you know what I've learned from this whole season, RJ, is that I mentioned earlier they were 6-0 and versus NFC East opponents. I sure in the hell hope the NFC East becomes a more credible. Seriously. 
division and these teams become, they got to get better. There's got to be a level of competition where it's this so bad in, in the NFC East. And, and maybe that will, maybe they'll measure up. Maybe they, and we can get engaged on this team because Every team that they've blown up and they've done great things has been against the NFC East, and we've seen where that's got. You know, look at the Eagles against the, the you know, against the, uh, the the Bucks. It wasn't. It's just it's just amazing how bad this division has gotten over the, the last few years. Yeah, and you know, we'll see if they even win it. Um, you know, that'll be something we talk about. The NFC East has not had a repeat champion since 2004, the longest uh, run in the NFL without uh, longest time, longest run that a division has not had a back-to-back champion. So um, we'll see if the Cowboys can be the first. Um, Tony, I mean, the season's over. We're not going anywhere, but um, it sucks. It sucks. Um, life goes on. There's a song, Life Goes On. We'll there's a lot up. of songs that say that. I mean, we'll have to watch other teams play. We'll have to figure out which team we're going to cheer for. And I, I do. I, I really would like to see the, a matchup in the FC Championship game. The two goats going at it, A-Rod and Tom Brady. I mean, I would love to see. We got that last year. I would love to see it again. Um, I really don't want the Packers to win the Super Bowl. You know what's going to be super annoying, and I'll say right now, Tony, okay. is if the, if the Packers blow out the 49ers this weekend, it will be the, – the, the narrative will be – well, the 49ers went to Mike McCarthy's house and they beat him. And then they went to face Mike McCarthy's old team that fired him and got waxed. You know what I'm saying? It will it will just be further proof that Mike McCarthy is not. It, and that will just be annoying to deal with. I want the well, Bills. I, think, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's going to be a difficult game for them to play in the frozen tundra. But uh, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see him make it a game. I really would. I, I'm a Matthew Stafford fan. I really am. I hope you're right. Um, I um. I want the Bills to win the Super Bowl. That's where I'm at. Um, they look tough. They look good. And That's they got a great game. If they if they make it to the Super Bowl, they have to wear their old uniforms. I don't care. They got to wear Gosh. the red the red helmets. You oh, know, the like, back ones. Yeah, that's what they got to wear them. They have to. That's the rule. I did um, like Cincinnati though. Cincinnati looks tough. They look good, but I'm Team Bills. Let's let's ride. Yeah. Um, Tony, you said it all. We did it all. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Crying, Sorry, everybody. Crying my coffee this morning. Uh, thanks a lot, everyone. We'll see you next week. This was the 750.